Welcome to Basic Brewing Radio for Thursday, September 15th. I'm James Spencer. Here at Basic Brewing Radio, we're all about home brewing, making beer at home. Well, this week, it's our sanitation show. Steve Wilkes joins me to talk about sanitizing brewing equipment and to go over the input from some of our listeners. And speaking of which, I want to say howdy to a few folks before we get started. You may remember Sam in Urbana, Illinois, wrote in last time to ask about good mead resources, and Will from Warren answered the call. And I'm not sure if that's Warren, Arkansas. He didn't say, and I forgot to ask, so sorry about that, Will. Uh, Will sent us a link to a site he uses for mead info and recipes. And uh, we appreciate that. Also, Sam himself wrote back in with a couple links of his own that he had found. You can find all that information in the description of this episode at basicbrewingradio.com. Also, we heard from a listener on the other side of the world. Greg wrote in from Hamilton, New Zealand, to say he enjoys the show and that he's going to have to try Gerard Lemon's method of dry hopping that he uh, introduced to us in this past week's show. It's pretty incredible, this podcasting stuff. I can stand here in my little studio in northwest Arkansas and talk to homebrewers around the globe without hardly raising my voice. Uh, And finally, Jay from Salem, Oregon, wrote in to say he's been driving around listening to episodes of our podcast. And uh, these days, that's an expensive proposition, uh, Jay. Uh, (laughs) Jay wrote in after Steve and I recorded this week's episode to say he uses straight A for sanitizing. It's an oxidizer, and he has good luck with it. And I just wanted to get that in there since uh, Jay wrote in after uh, Steve and I uh, recorded this week's show. So straight A. It's an oxidizer, and uh, Jay likes it. So there you go. Add that to the list, to the long list, uh, that we're going to have here in just a few minutes. And I I just wanted to say I certainly appreciate everybody who writes in it uh, makes my day every time I get a note from a listener, and I realize it, it takes time to uh, correspond, so I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the time, and I appreciate the time uh, that you take to listen. Well, you may remember a few weeks back, Andy in Chicago wrote in to suggest we do a show on sanitation or sanitization. Well, Andy, this show's for you, and uh, as the bugs and birds chirped in the background, I joined my buddy Steve Wilkes at his house one recent morning to talk about the topic. Steve Wilkes. James Spencer. Welcome to the show. This is your second podcast. The first podcast was talking about mead on my porch. Yep. Now we're talking about sanitation on your porch. That's right. And thank you for having me back. Well, thanks Thanks for being here. Is this a porch or is it a deck or is it a, a patio? I call, it it? A, I call it a deck. A deck. Since there's wood involved. Oh, uh, well, that's, <laughs> of course my porch is wood. That's true. I think I think in the south it's a porch, and in, in the north it's a deck, and I don't know. Where is it a stoop? In New Orleans, which unfortunately ah. we have some sadness there. Well, yeah, and, and a couple of podcasts ago I mentioned, on a serious note, that uh, uh, if you haven't done so already, you need to give to the effort down there, either through redcross.org or through the Salvation Army or through... You are arranging, you're a musician... That's right. And you are arranging a benefit, a local benefit for uh, jazz musicians in New Orleans who were displaced or, or uh, uh, hurt by the, the storm. We sure are. We're going to hold a, a benefit concert. We're calling it the Concert for New Orleans Jazz. Um, we're negotiating with our local art center, the Walton Arts Center, to uh, find the right date uh, for that to happen. 
and uh, we've pulled together uh, a sextet of the really the finest jazz musicians in this area in Northwest Arkansas. Very good players, and uh, we're going to celebrate. We're going to mourn the tragedy, but celebrate mm. the spirit of New Orleans jazz, and in the and in the process um, raise some much needed money to go directly to musicians who have lost um, their livelihood. They've lost the place to play. Mm-hmm. They've lost their instruments. Of course, like so many, they've lost their homes. Um, we can't do a lot. We can't solve a lot of problems, but we might solve one or two for a few for one or two people, and that's what we're trying to do. And we hope that if everyone in the country will take that attitude that I, I can't solve this whole ocean of need, I can't I can't drain that whole problem, but I can drain a little bit of that problem. I can fix a little bit of that. And if we all do that, then um, well, we, we can't remove the heartache that is there, but we can help it to heal. Right. So, and, and if they want to hear or they want to read more, that can they go to cbersontrio.com? Yes, that's right. Uh, our website uh, is the Claudia Burson Trio is the uh, the rhythm section for this. Uh, it's the trio that I play in, and uh, www.cbersontrio.com, and uh, we'll have information up about the concert very soon, as soon as we've got the dates and everything nailed down. And maybe an address if, if people out there want to contribute to the cause as well. Absolutely. We'll have links to the uh, charities that are involved. And, um, you know, it's just a well, – yeah. that Yeah. Yeah. And just – yeah, just a very good effort. And uh, I didn't mean to segue into that, but <laughs> no. it's, it's appropriate. And I think it's important to uh, say because a lot of times really good musicians – don't have the big contracts, and no. they're living from gig to gig. Literally, no insurance. Uh, there, you know, there, there's no 401k plans for guys that play in nightclubs. I mean, there's just it's just not there. The support network that most of us enjoy, who work mm-hmm. you know kind of regular jobs for regular companies, and uh, these guys uh, go out there every day, and uh, many of them play literally for tips. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally how they make their living. And in, in good times in New Orleans, which there have been, um, you can make a living doing that. But when tragedy strikes, there's there's no safety net for you. And uh, so our hearts just went out to them as fellow musicians, and we're hopeful that we'll be able to uh, make their lives a little bit better in the coming months. And we feel that it's as important to restore the cultural identity and the cultural spirit of New Orleans as it is the roads and bridges, because ultimately... When you think of New Orleans, you don't think about the I-10 bridge or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You think about um, New Orleans jazz and Louis Armstrong and Café du Monde and Café Sabisi and all of those places. And so we want to do what we can to restore that spirit, uh, too. So thank you very much, James, for letting me have a, a minute or two of your podcast for this. It's no problem. And I appreciate your your, your being, uh, being with us today. Thank you. Because... The reason that I wanted to do the, the show on sanitation, uh, which is our topic today, I don't know if I mentioned that, but sanitation, uh, the reason I wanted to do it in this format is because you and I primarily use iota four for sanitation, and we also use bleach on occasion. Right. Uh, but there are other products and other methods out there that you can use to sanitize your stuff, and I want to, and I wanted to uh, talk about those, but I didn't have the expertise. And you didn't have the expertise, right? But uh, so I wanted to throw the throw the topic open to the floor and have people write in. And uh, it's a forum. A, it's a forum or a five them <laughs> or a five them, <laughs> something like that. So let, let's talk in generality, Steve. 
why do you sanitize and when is it important to sanitize in the process? Okay. Well, before you can sanitize, you have to clean. So we have to establish that. All of your equipment, all of your bottles, all of the things that you steer your wart with and and uh, your brew bucket and your I mean your you know the boil bucket and your fermenter and all of those things have to be clean, physically clean. There can't be junk on the sides of them and you know old tube that's dried up and <laughs> who knows. I mean you know it seems so obvious and yet um, you know some people <coughs> may not really understand the level of cleanliness that that is necessary. There's you know you can do a lot of things differently in home brewing. We can you can vary the temperature of the mash by one degree in, in the direction or another and it won't it won't ruin your beer it might change it a little bit but it won't ruin it but if your stuff isn't clean and then sanitized it will ruin your beer and, right. and you'll have to send it down to the drain and it's and it's important to sanitize uh after the boil after the boil is when it's so important and in fact that's that's really the point of it yeah because it's, it's not important you don't have to sanitize your brew pot no or the stirring spoon that you use uh, no. when stirring your wort. Uh, you don't even really have to sanitize uh, things before the uh, the boil. It's not as essential if no. you sanitize it. You, you, if you, your mash tun and your lauder tun, if you're doing an all-grain boil, uh, brew, mm-hmm. you need to have them clean because you don't want off flavors from previous batches or right. stuff that's growing in there. Uh, but it's essential that you sanitize stuff after you've cooled down the beer after the boil right so uh one thing that you can use as a good sanitizer before we get into the products is heat yep it's a good one and we're talking about boiling uh before we were kind of on the air uh and you were saying that you boil some things in water to sanitize them uh and i was i've talked to a a craft brewer who says that uh, he was setting up a new brew pub and wanted to make sure that his equipment was all sanitized and ready to go, so he forced boiling water through all of the the pipes and all the stuff uh, in his brewery because the heat in the boiling water, it not only sanitizes the stuff that it touches, the heat tends to radiate through the equipment and kill the bugs that or in the nooks and crannies uh-huh. that he couldn't necessarily get to. So heat is a good sanitizer. And when you boil your wort for an hour, uh, you're getting uh, the good stuff from the hops. And you're also, I guess in that case, you are sterilizing your yeah. your wort. Yeah. So what, what's the difference between sanitizing something and sterilizing? Well, sterilizing means literally that it's sterile. There's nothing living. It's, it's like an operating room. It's completely void of contaminants, mm-hmm. microbial contaminants, bacterial contaminants. Sanitizing is a somewhat less, a somewhat lower level of that. So the idea is not that you have to eliminate every possible... You don't have to have a clean room like you're going to send a satellite into space, you know. Mm-hmm. But what you want to do when you sanitize is you want to make sure that you've eliminated... Most of the uh, wild yeast, most of the bacteria that's just in the air, so that the yeast has an opportunity when it comes in contact with the wort, the, the good yeast, the stuff that you want your beer to taste like, can take over, 
can have a strong fermentation period and 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 should anything get in there that it'll it'll overwhelm it you might say mm-hmm. so you just want to eliminate the opportunity for the the bad critters to take over yeah because and, the bad critters give your your beer off flavors yep. that you don't want i mean you hopefully you're if you're designing your beer if you're taking a beer and you're making a particular style you're choosing a particular strain of yeast that has certain flavors to it it has certain characteristics and that's what you want in your beer you don't want the wild yeast that's come off the dog <laughs> to be in your beer Hmm, uh, tastes like shepherd. <laughs> it's a German beer. It's a German beer. <laughs> Should have named that dog Pilsner. <laughs> so there you go. You're, you're doing it. Uh, and one thing, also before we get into the products, one thing that you can do to help out your yeast is to pitch it in a strong enough uh, amount. Right. And uh, if you do a starter... Uh, you know, some people say starters are essential, uh, and that is if you make a little beer beforehand. My my starter that I make is a quart of water and a half cup of light dry malt extract. You 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 boil that just like a beer. You mm-hmm. cool it down to like to seventy seventy two degrees somewhere around there, yep. and then you pitch the yeast that you've got in there, uh, and then put that in a sanitized container with an airlock, just like you would do a beer, and it goes through a little fermentation. And it increases uh, the amount of yeast mm-hmm. so that when you do pitch, uh, the lag time between pitching and active fermentation is diminished. So right. there's a lot less time for any nasty bugs in there to uh, establish a foothold in your beer and to affect mm-hmm. the taste of it. So right. one thing that you can help uh, in making sure that your beer is good, in addition to good sanitation practices, make a starter. You know, it's yeah. not it's not that hard to do, right. uh, and you can you can help ensure that your yeast uh, has the opportunity to do its job well. Yep. So, are we ready to talk about products? Yeah, let's do. Let's start off with bleach. Uh, now, sanitation is a controversial top- topic. It is. And there have been riots in the streets <laughs> over this, figuratively. <laughs> figuratively, <laughs> they, but there, there is a you know people. You ask different people what they use, and you know they will. Some people are adamant that what they do is the only way to do it. And I, I've talked to people. You know, we have a homebrew video that you and I did together, mm-hmm. and I'm you know selling it in homebrew stores across the country, and talking to these people. And some say, do not use bleach. And you talk to the next guy, and he says, I use bleach. So take all this information, use it uh, in the way that you're comfortable with in your home brewing environment, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll have good beer. But let's start out with Bob from St. Louis, Missouri. He says, uh, my girlfriend Pam and I have been home brewing for a little over a year now, and we both enjoy your show, usually while brewing or bottling a batch of ale. Thanks, Bob and Pam. Yeah. Uh, after 30 successful five-gallon batches of pale ales, stouts, and wheat beers, we've yet to experience any contamination. I learned everything about sanitizing our equipment and keeping the evil, invisible critters from spoiling our beer from the joy of home brewing by Charlie Papazian. And we started with that as well. That's right. I keep it next to my bed at night, <laughs> which is actually true. <laughs> it makes a good coaster. It, 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 well, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a good book, and, good, and, yeah. good, uh, and it's been recently revised, by the way. <clears throat> a simple solution of household bleach 
is the most affordable, practical, and effective sanitizer. We soak our equipment in one teaspoon of bleach added to five gallons of water for 30 to 60 minutes and rinse with hot tap water immediately before use. A stronger solution of one tablespoon of bleach per five gallons is ideal for soaking items overnight to thoroughly clean excessively dirty items such as glass carboys that we use as fermenters. When it comes to bottling, we fill a large cooler with a stronger solution and soak the bottles overnight. So Bob mentions rinsing Mm -hmm. with bleach. Very important. You've got to rinse bleach because your beer will taste like bleach. Yeah. 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 There are rinse solutions and there are no rinse solutions. Right. Bleach is a rinse solution. It's a good sanitizer, but you do have to make sure that you rinse your equipment thoroughly afterwards. So bleach is a really a pretty labor-intensive cleaner. So there's a trade-off. It's cheap. Yeah. And, um, and re- readily accessible. Readily accessible, but uh, there's a little more work involved and a little less room for error, you might say. I mean, if you if you don't soak it, the, if you don't have your solution the right strength, mm-hmm. if you don't soak it long enough, uh, you know, there's, there's some variables that you have to pay attention to. That said, I mean, yeah. it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, and Bob continues with a good tip. It helps if you rinse the bottles out right after decanting the beer into a glass and even keeping them in a cooler of sanitizing solution until next bottling. Uh, when it's time to bottle, just drain the cooler and the bottles and give them each a blast of hot water, again rinsing, using mm-hmm. a jet bottle washer and drain. I do use a no-rinse sanitizer, one-step powder, which is a an oxygen-based uh, product that we'll talk about later on. Occasionally, to sanitize items quickly, if I've forgotten to soak them long enough in the weak bleach solution. The only disadvantage of using a one-step product is the cost, about two fifty per 16 gallons. Uh, that's $2.50. After all, one of the attractions of home brewing is saving money, not to mention the base, best-tasting beer you can find anywhere. And he ends that with an exclamation point. Yes. So thanks, Bob and Pam from St. Louis. Uh, I think you and I use bleach for the same purpose. Yeah, I I use it uh, pretty much to soak and, and sanitize my fermenting bucket, my pail. And so when I get ready to make a batch of beer, I'll fill it up with cool tap water, put in my tablespoon approximately of bleach, and I'll let it set overnight. I may let it set for a few hours. I don't necessarily leave it overnight. Um, and then, you know, as I'm kind of approaching that during the boil, I'll dump it out and rinse it out and, mm-hmm. and go forward. I don't use it for my um, accoutrements. <laughs> the paddles and all of that. But <laughs> you wouldn't want to not, soak your accoutrements in. Yeah, you're, you're del- that's for the delicate cycle. That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay, and now, now on to, uh, you think we've covered uh, bleach well? I think so. Yeah. Maybe enough. I think, uh, and now let's move on to uh, iodophore. And we got uh, uh, a few uh, responses in endorsing Iodophore. Do you want to read Brendan from Tulsa? Yeah, Brendan from Tulsa, my wife's hometown. Brendan from Tulsa writes, I have been homebrewing for about a year now. I stumbled upon your show slash podcast from a post on HBD. What does HBD stand for? It is a, um, I believe it is a, a website, uh, like a discussion group. Okay. I've heard three shows now, and I just wanted to acknowledge you and thank you for distributing a high-quality product. I look forward to future shows. Thank you, Brendan. Yeah, thanks, By Brendan. the way, I am all about uh, BTF Iodophore. It's inexpensive, easy to mix, and you can judge appropriate concentration just by looking at the color. 
I was worried about I was worried about the taste and smell of iota four, so I taste tested it in a split batch. I kegged three. This is great. Mm-hmm. I kegged three gallons after sanitizing with the powdered one-step stuff, and three gallons in another keg sanitized with iota four. I also added two tablespoons of slightly stronger than necessary, about 20 parts per million strength solution. Both kegs were force carbonated and sat for 14 days in the fridge. I had six people blind taste test the samples, and no one reported any distinguishing taste or odor. Mm. 32-ounce bottle for $20 will make about a jillion gallons of solution. (laughs) That may be a Uh, slight exaggeration. Well, you know, a jillion. Uh, It can't be beat, Brendan says. So there you go. There you Uh, go. I have also heard critics of Iodophore saying that it will... Uh, taint the taste of your beer no matter how weak the solution or how you use it or whatever. Here's a guy, uh, Brendan in Tulsa, who has done a taste test. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty scientific to me, and it proves what I, you know, you and I have been brewing for like nine years, right? Yeah. We've always used Iota 4 and have good good beer. Always had good beer. Except for that batch in 98. <laughs> 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 it was... <laughs> I call it the kegger of 98. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> it, put, it put a whole new meaning into the word stout. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. All right. So K- Casey from Siloam Springs, uh, who's been who's a longtime fan of the show, and we've been corresponding back and forth. Siloam Springs is, my I think, my mother-in-law's hometown. So, there you go. Siloam Springs is in northwest Arkansas, not far from here. The Diamond of Benton County. Is it? That's what they say. Well, there you go. Uh, I started out using, Casey, Casey says, I started out using bleach solution, and I do think that is a pretty effective method, but I didn't really like spending much time with bleach on my hands, which yeah. uh, could be an issue. Yeah, absolutely. I have switched to Iota 4, 10 to 15 minutes contact time, and I've been pleased with the results. I rinse everything with boiled tap water after the Iota 4 soak. I know Iota 4 is supposed to not need rinsing, but I figure the little bit of extra work pays off in peace of mind. And yep. it, isn't that what it's all about? Peace of mind and enjoying your uh, beer and enjoying the process. Yeah. So Casey goes beyond what is recommended and required uh, for the, the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've read that you, you only have to soak for a couple of minutes in iota 4. Yeah. He, he soaks for 10 to 15 minutes and rinses, right. which you don't really need to do. But like I say, if it, if it makes Casey feel like he's, he's you know, doing a, a better job, yeah. then that's great. Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure that Casey makes, makes good beer. I'm sure he does. And, you know, I'm, I'm not... Advocating or pitching for um, iota four, but you know it's the stuff that they sell to to restaurants and bars f- for their bar service. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the products available, and you 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 wash your margarita glass, you know, mm-hmm. really fast, and then you dip it in the iota four and you set it up on the counter and let it air dry, and that's what it that's what it's for. Now, I'm I'm not sure that you'd have time in a bar to really scrutinize the taste <laughs> of the of whatever it is that you're drinking but but that's the that's the point of iota for and home brewers have adopted it into into our and use. professional brewers use it too like well sure at the, at the local brew pub that's what uh, chris milam uses oh, is it? to yeah yeah that's right his stuff okay so there you go thanks casey and nathan from madison wisconsin nathan writes i use iota for because it is cheap and no rinse i fill an old cooler with five gallons of water and add two caps of iota for I find that the longer the cooler, 
I find the longer cooler makes it easy to sanitize racking canes along with all my other equipment. Good tip. Yeah, no kidding. I'm on my seventh batch, fifth batch of all grain. Thanks to Casey from Siloam Springs, Arkansas, to pointing me to your show. There you go. So, Casey, spreading the word. Spreading the word. Uh, so, it's a, a good tip uh, from Nathan. Uh, you know, the racking canes, it's kind of hard to bend them to put them in the sink. Uh, yeah. They're made out of the stiff plastic. So, a good, a good tip from him with the long uh, cooler so he could submerge the whole thing. I kind of do a half-and-half half thing with the racking canes. I, you know, sanitize half on one end and then take it out of the solution and sanitize on the other half. And then uh, you and I were talking earlier about uh, we siphon the, actually siphon the, the sanitizing solution through the racking cane yeah. uh, to, you know, into another container that we're also sanitizing to um, help get the, the boogers out of, the, uh, out of that stuff. So. Yeah. Okay, another product. Moving on. Moving on. Is a Star Sand from Five Star uh, Chemicals. And uh, Paul from Centerport, Long Island, New York, uh, says, wow. Really enjoy your podcast. They've all been very informative. Thanks, Paul. Adding my two cents to the sanitation, or he says, yeah, sanita- he says sanitization. Sanitization. <clears throat> and uh, I-, I say sanitation just because it's easier to say. <laughs> Less effort. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. So it's what it's what it's what it's what it's all about. It's, you see why I don't say sanitization more often. Uh, I've been a home brewer for three years and have been getting good results using the five star home brewers cleaning kits. These include a cleaner, powdered brewery wash or mm-hmm. PBW, and a sanitizer, Star Sand. I haven't ruined a batch yet. Knock wood. Thank you for your. For your podcast, you know, knock the book of wine. Not the book of Th- wine. Thank, thank you for your podcasts and website. So, thanks, Paul from New York. And didn't you have a discussion with the uh, owner or the founder of Star Sun? I, I did, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Great, because there there are a couple of questions uh, that that arise, and uh, I I had to ask him how to answer those. All right. Our, our next one, our next question, our next input is. A guest celebrity input from Jeff Be- Jeff Bearer from uh, Craft Beer Radio. Celebrity audio input. That's right. Celebrity audio input. CAI. <laughs> New on the CAI C- Broadcasting Network. New on CBS. Yeah. Right after CSI. Anyway, uh, here's what uh, Jeff Bearer has to say from Craft Beer Radio. Hello, this is Jeff Bearer from Craft Beer Radio. I find that some people are over paranoid about sanitation. I have found that as long as you are moderately careful about sanitation, you have little risk of infection. I use Star Sand from Five Star to sanitize my equipment. It's an over-rinse sanitizer, but I usually rinse the equipment with tap water since I'm not patient enough to let all the foam from the Star Sand air dry. Also keep in mind that cleanliness is important to sanitation. If you have dirty equipment, that will add off flavors to your beer just as much as anything else. I use Powder Brewery Wash also from Five Star as my cleanser. Thanks, James. I really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work. All right, thanks, Jeff, and I want to first of all thanks, Jeff, for the kind comments about uh, our show, and uh, I want to pass along kind comments about uh, Jeff's show, Jeff and Greg, at uh, craftbeerradio.com. Uh, if you enjoy good craft beers, then you'll enjoy their show, and I recommend that you you go and and uh, check them out. Uh, I listen to their show every week myself. Uh, Jeff 
Jeff said that, you know, he said some people are over-paranoid about sanitation. How? What's your take on that, Steve? Well, I, I think that uh, that can be true. But the way that I... The way that I feel about it is that if you have a sound system, in other words, if you're using the product that you're using, whether it's bleach or iodophore or star sand, doesn't matter. If you're using it according to the manufacturer's instructions, if you're following the the practice of good cleanliness and, and you soak the things the proper amount of time, so on and so forth, then you have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the, the fretting comes when... You know, in the back of your mind, you think, you know, I really didn't soak that quite right. Or I'm not really <laughs> sure if I washed that paddle when I put yeah. it in there. And then you you have to wait your two weeks or your month or however long you're letting your beer sit in the bottle before you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when the worry comes in. If you just do it right up front and just just follow those very easy steps, make everything clean, use the product appropriately, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah. But if you're if you're gonna be over paranoid about any step during the brewing process, this is the one. Sanitation would be the one. I mean, yeah. just like Casey in Salem Springs, he uses the no rinse sanitizer and then he rinses. Yeah, with boiled water. With boiled water. If that makes Casey feel better, that's More what it's all about. Yeah, you know, relax and have, have a homebrew, home brew, just like uh, Charlie Papazian says. So that's right. All right, thanks, Jeff, again for your for your good comments. And uh, Don Osborne from, uh, and I used his last name for a purpose. I usually don't use last names, but uh, just like Jeff Bear, uh, I'm using uh, Don Osborne from St. Paul, Minnesota. So you want to take Don's comment? Sure. <clears throat> Don says that he's been brewing for four and a half years. As for sanitation products, like many people, I started with One Step. It's what my homebrew store suggested, and it certainly is easy. However, over time, I learned that although it worked fine for my brewing, it is not technically a sanitizer. It's more of a cleanser. More of a cleanser. I next moved to Star Sand, which is technically a sanitizer. As anyone who uses Star Sand will find out, it creates some foam. This causes many brewers concern, but there really isn't anything to fear. Any foam that remains in a carboy or keg will not affect the flavor of the beer in any way. The thing I like about Star Sand in stored and re. It, the, uh, let me start over. The thing I like about Star Sand, in addition to feeling more confident in its sanitizing ability, is the fact that it can be stored and reused many times over. I store mine in a five-gallon carboy and use it probably six to eight times before dumping. While Star Sand might cost more at the outset, I believe its ability to be to be reused actually lowers the per-cost use. Makes sense. Makes sense. Also, unlike some other sanitizing options, Star Sand is a no-rinse, like One Step, which makes it convenient. Keep up the good work and happy brewing, Don Osborne. And, and the reason that I used his last name is because uh, he has a good website with uh, uh, some homebrewing tips on there, and I'll put a, I'll post a link to that uh, on our site, but it's uh, donosborne.com. Mm-hmm. And his site uh, has his brew log, basic brewing tips, travel logs, and other stuff. So other it's, stuff. A, it's a good site and pictures and everything. So uh, I'll put a link to our site. Now, as I said at the outset, uh, I think I said at the outset, you and I don't have experience with star sand. I've not used it. So, but I knew that it was out there, and I knew that lots of people were using it. So, I wanted to get comments from people uh, about different products. Now, Jeff uh, from Craft Beer Radio says that he's not patient enough to let the foam air dry, so he rinses. And Don Osborne uh, says that he uh, there is foam, but he. Puts Rax's beer on top of the foam. 
and he reuses uh, the star sand. So I was curious, you know, is this the proper way? I've never used star sand. I was curious, is this the proper way to use the product? So I called him. I called Five Star Chemicals, and you can go to their site at fivestarchemicals.com. You can uh, write, you know, it's all spelled out. Mm -hmm. I called there and said I had some questions about star sand. They connected me me with uh, Charlie Talley, who's the president of Five Star. There you go. Power of the press. You get straight to the top. Straight to the top. Charlie Talley, president of Five Star. He says he's also the chemist. He said use whichever title is uh, appropriate, so I'll use both. They're in Commerce City, Colorado, which is out by uh, Denver. Yeah. You're from Colorado. Colorado Springs. He says, Charlie says, on the issue of reusing star sand, he says that the EPA requires him to say that any sanitizer must be made up fresh and discarded after each use. Sounds reasonable. That's what the government requires him to put on the label. Gotcha. He says, however, unofficially, mm-hmm. the product can be reused. It will kill in the presence of dirt, wine, beer, etc. The foaming action will coat the inside of the carboy and sanitize it, even though all the beer might not have been removed. So yeah. he's required by law to say that you've got to throw it away after each use. But, mm-hmm. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, mm-hmm. you know, it'll still work. What does he say about the foam? On the foam. He says, drain as much as you possibly can out of the carboy, mm-hmm. but any residual foam is safe for use according to the EPA. Star sand is based on food-grade ingredients, and the recommended use, I think, is one ounce and five gallons. So right. you think about that dilution, uh, and they've also, on their website, they have a material safety data sheet, and it's the hazardous ingredients in star sand are phosphoric acid, 75%. Uh, or 50, it's uh, ignore the percentages. I don't know how to read this for <laughs> <laughs> phosphoric acid, dodecyl benzene sulfonic acid, and isopropyl alcohol. So uh, that sounds like it'll kill just about anything. I'd say, but you know, if you if you you know you don't want to drink it straight out of the bottle, but in the right concentration, in the right concentration, and if there's just some residue from the foam, foam I guess, left in your carboy. Then you know if you if you rack your beer on top of that, not going to hurt you. Yeah. So that has a lot of appeal to me. I, I think I'll probably give this product a try because cleaning the carboy is mm-hmm. a, a royal pain. You yeah. know, it's it's heavy, and I take it and I, I put it on the the hot jet. You know, mm-hmm. in your sink, and I'm trying to hold this five gallon <laughs> or seven gallon <laughs> glass yeah. thing up. And it's, and it's not a thing for people with back problems. No, it's not. And and or it'll cause back problems. L- yeah. Luckily. Uh, Char- Charlie Talley uh, said that he was going to send me some. He says, have you ever used the product? And I said, no. And he said, well, I'll send you some. So he's going to send me some samples. Uh, and he's got other brewing products that uh, that they also use. And he's going to send me some yeah. so we can try it out. That sounds great. So, And I told him that later on we could do a uh, show on, on Five Star yeah. Chemicals. We'll and, do a review. stuff. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So we'll have him on in yeah. the future. So, uh, the last email is from uh, Larry in, uh, is that Leominster, Massachusetts, do you think? Uh, it's close enough for me. Yeah, I, and I apologize, Larry, if uh, if uh, the southerner here uh, has, has massacred the name of your, uh, of your town. But uh, Larry says, one topic for the sanitation show would be to discuss the differences between acid-based, which would be star sand, mm-hmm. and oxygen-based sanitation products. I also make cider... 
and found that the oxygen-based products, he says he used a product called Biosan, mm-hmm. stripped the galvanized coating off the flipper top of my Easy Cap bottle, leaving them with nasty white powdery coating. I later found out that I should have been using the acid-based product. Knowing when to use one product over the other would be a good topping and would have saved me from buying all new caps. What what? what uh, Dave Miller has a book uh, called The Home Brewing Guide, Everything You Need to Know About Making Great Tasting Beer. And he has a good discussion of that. Really? Yeah, he has a great discussion, uh, three or four pages, uh, about that exact topic, about... Which to use where? Which to use where, and 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 why, and and what they, you know, what metals are affected by this, and mm. what metal, you know, what, you know, when to decide. So yeah. check the, out that. Yeah, on the on the instructions for a star sand, I believe it says you're not supposed to use it with soft metal because it's an acid. Yeah, I would. So, so anyway, you might want to ch- check. You know, we've only got so much time right. on the show, so. Uh, we appreciate the input from Larry. Also, he says uh, November 5th and 6th is the 11th annual Cider Day. And you can go to ciderday.org, uh, the annual Cider Day Festival in Western Massachusetts. It's not quite beer, but then again, I enjoyed the Mead Show very much, which is thanks in part to you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, may make an interesting topic. I, I think, think it would. It would. Yeah. Just so long as we get good cider. <laughs> you and I both have had bad experiences with <laughs> nasty cider that we bought from the store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not as good. Anyway. Uh, so talking about Biosan uh, in one step, uh, and I got this off of a, a couple of websites that sell the stuff. Biosan is a no-rent sanitizer for brewing and winemaking equipment. It is a tasteless, odorous, odorless, eco-friendly, non-toxic, biodegradable sterilizer. They say sterilizer. I don't know about wow. that. It is three times stronger than sulfite, but it contains no sulfite, soaps, or phosphates. It contains hydrogen peroxide, disodium salt, magnesium sulfate. So that's biosan, which mm-hmm. nobody wrote in about except for Larry. And mm-hmm. he said he didn't like it because it ruined his easy flip cap. <laughs> and also, no, biosan and One Step are both oxygen-based products. Right. And One Step is... Uh, Advertised as a cleanser with uh, some sanitizing value, so I don't know that I would trust One Step for a as a sanitizer. Right, sounds like it's a good cleanser, but I don't know about uh, sanitizing. Well, this is all very interesting stuff. Yeah, I appreciate everybody that wrote in and everybody who listens to the show. I'm I'm grateful that you uh, spend spend time to. Uh, you know, listen to us mm-hmm. and uh, our experts, and hopefully, uh, as I say, hopefully we will all wind up better home brewers uh, at the end of it for sharing all the, the knowledge. Yeah. So that's sanitation or sanitization. <laughs> or, or something like that. Something something like that. So I uh, hope that everybody's gotten some good information. Have you have you learned something today, Steve? I have. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying uh, Star Sand. And... Um, yeah, I just I just think this is a great discussion to have with all the home brewers out there, and um, I look forward to making even better beer than I have in the past. There you go. And I want to thank Steve again for helping out this week. One thing that we didn't talk about but planned to was using the dishwasher to sanitize bottles. Steve and I used the dishwasher with no soap, with high heat settings. Uh, including heat in the drying cycle, no air drying. 
The bottles have to be clean going in, of course, and they come out way too hot to handle, so uh, you want to be careful. Also, I let them cool upside down in the rack, the way I put them in there, before I fill them with beer. Uh, The reason I do that is I want to make sure that uh, the heat in the bottles doesn't kill the yeast in the beer. Now, one caution, some say the use of a rinsing agent may hurt head retention. So if you find that you have an issue with head retention uh, and you're using the dishwasher to sanitize, you might look there. I haven't had a problem with it myself, uh, and it's much cleaner, or much easier, rather, than running the bottles through uh, iodophore and letting them drain. So just an extra added bonus tip. Well, next week, we look ahead to the Great American Beer Festival, so you want to tune in for that. If you have brewing questions, show suggestions, or just want to say hey, uh, write to uh, james at basicbrewing.com or just fill out the contact form on basicbrewing.com. Don't forget to tell us where you're from. And while you're on our site, you can check out our DVD, Basic Brewing Introduction to Extract Home Brewing. You can see a listing of the fine folks across the country who sell our DVD, and if there isn't a vendor in your area, you can order it from us online. Well, that's all until next week. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm James Spencer. Production help for Basic Brewing Radio and our website is provided by Kelly Dodson. Basic Brewing Radio is a production of Active Voicing. We'll talk to you next time. So long.